0: All right, welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, your host and uh, content manager of so-called Fantasy Experts, and founder of FantasySixPack.net. My co-host on the line is AJ Applegarth. What's going on, man?
1: Hey, man. How are you?
0: I'm good. Uh, long night putting uh, the kiddo to bed, so I. Literally just got down here about a minute and a half ago, so I'm uh, it's kind of scrambling here, but uh, it's all good. We are ready to go, and it's a it's a good show tonight, man. I'm uh, I'm excited for it. We got some good topics and uh, and a good guest. We've had him on before, and he's definitely a good one to have. Excellent. Looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, man. So I I uh, I want to start off by, of course, I've I've got to talk about the hit. And if you do not know what I'm talking about, listeners, you need to Google Joey Bautista and Ro- Rohan Odor. Um, it is, it is quite hilarious in my opinion. Um, I'm not a fan of Joey Bautista, Joey Bats, whatever. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a little bit of a, a show voter and you know what? A little bit of that I'm okay with. Um, but, he takes it to um, he takes it to the level that I don't particularly appreciate. He, he he takes it to the level where he tries to rub it in your face a lot, in my opinion. And it's you know he, he yells and screams at you. Um, he gets up in your face, and you know last year he did the the, the bat flip after he, he hit the the go-ahead home run in the ALDS against Texas. Um, they retaliated. They hit him this, this series. And, you know, it, it should have been over there. You know, you retaliate, you're done, you move on. But instead, Joey Bass decided to do a very illegal slide in the second base. And it, I mean, it looked like he was trying to hurt Rohan Odor. Um and so Rohan Adorn did not appreciate it. They had words real quick after he got up from his slide and popped him in his mouth. Man, it was it was awesome. I appreciated it. It was uh, it was definitely something that I think he has deserved many many times in the past. Um, I would. <laughs> I I love, I don't know. I watched his hit all. I've watched his hit on replay for like two straight days. It's fantastic. <laughs> what uh what do you think about it, man? Well, first
1: off, I love Joey Bats and I've loved Joey wow. Bats for years. I think he is like the anti uh you know, baseball player, if you will, and, you know, like you said, he's he he's over the top sometimes. He he does these things to kind of bring Bring stuff upon himself, and, you know, but it's good for the game. I mean, it, it gets people riled up, and it gets conversations like this started. So, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Now, I say that, but I, I do I, – I don't agree with intent to harm, and this is now the second time this year that he's had an illegal slide. Um, the first time they overturned it, and it was in – I believe the bottom of the ninth or maybe the top of the ninth against Tampa Bay. And then he lost the game for his team. So, you know, that was huge for them um, then. And, and it's like, okay, well, you did this in the beginning of the year, and now here you are doing it again in, in a more retaliatory way because you got beaned. You didn't like getting beaned, but you got beaned because, of the bat flip heard around the world or seen around the world. And then you got jacked up with the punch heard around the world. I mean,
0: <laughs> yes, that <you> was
1: did. <laughs> a solid, solid four knuckle punch to the mouth. And I mean, it was, it was impressive to me. I mean, but he took it, he took it in stride and I, I feel like he took it pretty well for, for what it was. Um, and I definitely think he's got size on on Odor, but you know that quickness just came across, and uh, Odor just had zero F's to give about it, and was like, you know what, come at me again, bro. And uh, you know, <laughs> Beltray was pulling him away, and I, I think he was he was in the moment. He was kind of um, upset. He he didn't know what to do. There might have been some adrenaline rushing, but you know, after a couple seconds, he was kind of like, oh like days from it, as you should have been. But, <laughs> yeah. you know,
0: uh, I, I don't
1: – I mean, I get that the fans get even more riled up when there's, you know, these bench-clearing brawls and this and that. But, you know, I don't think that there's a place for that. that. That's what I dislike about these things, you know, these escalations. Because this really is, in my mind, of the four major sports, the most family-friendly game and it's, you know, America's pastime, everybody loves the baseball games and wants to take their kids to the park, and drunk dads everywhere are catching foul balls with babies in their hands, so, you know, this kind of gives it a little bit of a black eye, but, you know, it's part of the game, I guess, at this point, so it is is, uh, something that we're going to be seeing, and you know, we'll see what happens with this. Uh, obviously, the, the suspensions have been doled out. Odor gets eight games and, and is definitely going to appeal. Um, Joey Bats only got one game. Um, he was in the starting lineup earlier tonight. I haven't checked back to see if he's actually played, but I'm assuming he has. And uh, uh, So who knows if he will or will not appeal. I think um, he already is. The fact I think he's, he's appealing. Yeah, I mean, if he's playing tonight, my <clears> guess is that he is appealing. Um, the other yeah. interesting part about about this is that Elvis Andrews is also getting a one game suspension for punching Kevin Pillar. Um and he he apparently won't appeal though. So you know it's kind of funny that you know the the peripheral action of the of the brawl you know someone else is getting doled out the suspension as well. But
0: uh, well, the manager the the manager got suspended three games because he had been injected yeah. earlier in the game. And they came back on the field, so we've seen that actually happen a couple of times this season already. Like Bryce Harper did it, and they came on the field and and uh, and yelled obscen- obscen- obscenities, obscenities, whatever. I can't yeah, talk right now. Obs- uh, obscenities, obscenities at the umpire, and then uh, I believe was it John? Who's the Red Sox? John major? Gibbons. Gen- well, John is, Gibbons, the Red Sox no, John
1: Gibbons, is, is, I think Farrell, uh, John, feral. John feral, right? John yeah. Gibbons is is the
0: uh, Blue Jays manager, I believe. Right, right. What but I'm saying forward. I think I think no, no, no. The Red Sox manager came on back on the field earlier this year too, after getting ejected, oh. and um, he came back on the field well, to like hold Farrell Poppy because Poppy like was yeah. about to lose his mind and I think eat the umpire. I have no idea what he was about to do, so he came out on the field yeah, and lose. like stopped him, like. Yeah, that, that just happened like a week, maybe two. Ago. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, baseball is now trying to like set a precedent, like, hey, do not come back on the field after you've been ejected. You know, this is now the third time it's happened in like two weeks, so they're gonna make sure it doesn't happen anymore. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I I'm ultimately with you. I get that. You know, there, there's no place in the game for you know this kind of punching, and, and usually you don't see them escalate quite like this. Like the worst we've seen is like somebody charges the pitcher and he gets put in a headlock or something. You know, it's usually a lot of yeah. yelling and pushing and shoving. And it's, it's it looks worse than it is. This was a legit like boxing match. <laughs> this was oh, yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't help but laugh because I you know it's, I just don't like the guy, but. Yeah, I mean, had he gotten hurt, it probably would have been a wholly, totally different story. You know, concussed or something like that. But yeah. he didn't, so it's we can laugh about it a little bit.
1: Well, yeah, and looking at the slide, I mean, I, I'm actually trying to pull it up to look at it again. I necessarily, uh, the first time I looked at it, I didn't think the slide was really bad. It that was real
0: bad. Horrible. He basically didn't slide until he got to the bag. It was yeah, pretty okay. obvious what he was doing it might've been the angle that
1: I saw like, it from now, granted, like, behind him. So. Like,
0: you know, granted the door tried to throw the ball at his face too. So, <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> it, was, uh, it wasn't a good situation all around. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know. So,
1: I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously it looks like both are going to appeal and you know, they're going mean, to only get one game. It. That's, that's kind of not really surprising to me. Um, I figured, you know, at most he would get two, maybe three, but I feel I like I thought
0: he might get two. If it maybe was going to the
1: be three, it would have been because it's a, like I said, a second offense of the year. He's already done this slide once, and now it's this whole, you know, issue or whatever. Um, but yeah, the uh, <laughs> that was that was a wicked punch.
0: Yes, man, the glasses and the helmet all came off. It was so fantastic. I love watching the slow-mo, too. Like, his whole face. It looks like cartoon. It's like... <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> I have a good time watching that one. Granted, I'm an Orioles fan, so I have, a, I have a special place in my heart to hate Joey Bats because he crushes us. So that yeah. might have a little something to do with it. But yeah anyway man so we can probably talk a while for that but we will move on Um uh, we're gonna welcome a guest on from the fantasy fix and i believe he also writes for um um yeah oh, man i'm totally blanking on the other side he writes for right now uh his name is seth Klein. he's been on the show before and let, let's get him on here what's going on seth
2: Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, you got it right. Fantasy hey, yeah. Fix, uh, as well as Ras and
0: Razzball, uh, all over yeah. the place.
2: So I was wow. writing for uh, many sites, but yeah, I've uh, not only is Joey Batz playing tonight, but he actually homered. So um, I know I saw nice. that. He's like the one yeah, guy I never wanted. Both off. of my life, he
0: always. He always hits a home run when you when you piss him off. So good job. At least he wasn't playing against the Orioles. um'll well, see the thing, but I do the have that, that, uh, two leagues. <laughs>
1: The thing that annoys me though about it is that I tried to, because my my one team name I changed to Joey Bats got roughened it up, and uh, I, I tried to put the whole animated GIF of the, the smack across the face with the the fisting, but it it wouldn't work on ESPN. So damn it, ESPN, upgrade your stupid gigabyte size so we can have. Funny, good gifts as our team logos. All right, rant, rant, mini rant over.
0: Alrighty. Um. Anyway, Seth. So, I'll I'll kind of introduce why why you are coming on the show besides just being awesome. Uh, <laughs> I saw a Twitter rant that you had, and and I have a link to it on the on the show. I-O, I guess, or you want to, if you want to call it. Um, if for those who are listening and want to read it, it is um, a little back and forth between you and another owner in your league, where you had a kind of a, I mean, not a handshake deal, but you know, you had a, a as close to one as you can get virtually through email. It seemed like, and. You also – he also didn't want to trade until after the pitcher you were trying to get from him was starting, like, the next day or something. Correct.
2: And then you were like,
0: okay, we're going to do the trade, and he reneged and tried to ask yes. for more all of a sudden. And I 100% agree with you. It's totally bogus. Like, no, just because the guy wanted to – you know, the the pitcher you wanted from had another good game – doesn't mean you you had the deal in place. Like, I I don't know. It it gets me down the road of fantasy etiquette and basically how to be a good fantasy owner. You know, we talk a lot of times about how to be a good fantasy uh, commissioner and and things like that and how to, how to do good trades. But we've never talked about like how to be a good fantasy player, you know, and, and respect your league type of thing. and, We'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but I kind of want to just hear your thoughts. And, and did anything ever come of this, like you blasting this guy on Twitter? Uh,
2: no, um, nothing came of it. I mean, he's not on Twitter, and uh, the commissioner of the league is. But, you know, when it comes down to it, there, there's really nothing they could have done. And technically, we didn't have a deal according to fantasy sports history. I don't know. Like a couple people were saying that responded, well, as long as you don't have – that you haven't accepted then it's not a deal and I guess you know, in the court of law that's that would be true. But um the actually the commissioner offered he said, Hey, if you want your buy in back, I give it to you and I said, Yeah, it's really you know, really nice of you actually, but at this point I'd rather play it out. You know, I still think I could probably win the league, so I'd rather you know, it it wasn't a big trade and it's not gonna affect my team either way. But um it was just the way it went down. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, you know I've been I've been do I've been at this thing for almost two decades and I've seen every single thing in the book I've you know I've seen guys bow out of leagues in the middle not pay collusion I've I've seen everything but I've never experienced I've heard people do have this happen to them before but never has it happened to me where um, a deal was agreed upon and then the owner pulled out and obviously it's Nothing I would ever I would ever do. In fact, I did make a trade in another league that uh, I'm in last week, and I did the exact same thing. I I told the owner that I was trading with. I said, it, coincidentally, the pitcher he was trading me was pitching that day. I said he offered me a deal. I said, look, I accept it, but I'm not going to click accept until the game's over because. I'm not gonna click accept. He pitches an hour later, hurts himself, and I'm like, what's the point? And then same thing with the player that he was acquiring for me. So yeah, sure, just wait till the game's over. And as soon as the game was over, I accepted, and I'm the commissioner, and I put the trade right through, and that was it. You know, and I think that's just how people should be in general. You talk about etiquette, just treat it as if it's real life. And you may not know all these people. Some you do, some you know only through fantasy sports, and some may just be complete strangers to you, but in the general spirit of fantasy sports, it's supposed to be fun. No matter how much money is on the line, no matter how many years you've been in the league or whatever the situation is, bottom line, have fun. There's no reason to do anything like that. Shady stuff, pull out of a trade, um, You know, vote for trades, not you know, veto trades, whatever this is. Just, I mean, that's a whole other story because I, I don't believe in Vetoing trades unless it's collusion, but you know I I have seen leagues where guys will vote against a trade solely because they don't like the guy, and that I mean of course that's one of the main reasons why there shouldn't be league voting on trades, but um, just treat you know if, if you were out and you were in non fantasy situation and it's like almost like hey we're gonna go to dinner I'm gonna buy you a bunch of drinks and I don't have any money on me now, but afterwards we'll go to the ATM and I'll pay you back. And then like afterwards, the guy's like, Oh, you know what? I I decided I'm not going to go to the ATM. I'm kind of tired. I have to go home. Like, you know, (laughs) basically like, don't be a dick, you know? And just pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So and it's just sort of the situation bothered me in that way. Like, who is this person? And I don't even know this guy, whatever. I've been in this league a few years and, this guy has as well. And he's friends with the commissioner and, and I I like the commissioner and I respect his, his fancy knowledge and he's a good commissioner, but, and there's nothing he can really do, but it just kind of sucked because it's like, I had this weird eerie feeling that this was going to happen as soon as he didn't accept it and said, or didn't send me the trade and said, I want to just wait to accept till after this guy starts tomorrow. You know, I was like, oh, man, I have this weird feeling that this guy is going to be a punk about it. Like, I don't know, because I, I guess this guy in the past, his uh, his reputation is he never trades. And he'll offer, he'll make offers. And by the time you get to the computer to look at it, he's withdrawn it. And he's even, this guy's even admitted, like, I'm a pussy with trades. I won't do trades. I always second guess myself. So I was like, oh, man, when I didn't wake up and see the offer, like, waiting for me. And then I had to send it to him after the game. Like, this may not end well. But just the reasoning, I mean, you guys can read it and all that. But then he asked for Familia, even though (laughs) I don't know if, uh, you know, the listeners are are reading reading it right now. But like you said, he asked for a better player, a player that I specifically said was off the table. You didn't see that, guys. But earlier in our negotiations, before we agreed on the deal, I said I'll deal any of my closers except Familia. And so that he was the one guy I wouldn't deal. And so then Aaron Nola has a good game and then he asked for familia. <laughs> and it's like, this guy's a moron. I mean, clearly, but like Aaron Nola's good game that dropped his ERA from 2.3 to 2.05. Like that was the difference maker. Like the guy is already a top five fantasy guy this year. It's not changing anything, but anyway, that was, that was the situation. I just think that, Treat treat others the way you'd want to be treated in life, and let that play out in fantasy the same way. Just be respectful of your league members. If you have an agreement, abide by it. And and I think that just makes everyone happy and everyone gets along. And then you don't have, you know. I'm sure the commissioner said something to this guy because I mentioned it to him. And then it's like now you have the commissioner involved, and you know you don't need that. Just have fun and play, and you know, and then and, and just. Have a good time.
1: Well, see, that's the thing that kind of gets me, too. It's like, all right, this guy's friends with the commissioner, so he doesn't like something. He's just going to get his little, you know, panties in a wad, buyer's remorse, whatever the hell he wants to call it, pussing out is what he did. And, you know, he's going to just run to the commissioner. Oh, hey, bro, um, you know, I had this thing going on, but, you know, I really wanted this player, but he wasn't going to do it, so... You know, I kind of settled for this and agreed to it, but, you know, then I wanted to go back on it. Can you help me out? And then it's just, you know, that ruins the it too. It's like it's not the commissioner's job to make your trades for you. If you're going to be a big boy and play in a big boy league, then man up and, and just go with it. Like, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Aaron Nola could, you know, come out hit the next game and just get blasted at game after game after game, continue to get blasted yeah, he's having a good year, and yes, I do think he's a, a good pitcher, and he's got a lot of you know potential behind him. Probably the best pitcher on that staff, well, maybe who has been right there with him, but um, you know, being a Philly fan, I love both of those guys, and I, I'd love to see them do well. But, you know, if he's going to come back and see that you said anybody but Familia, and then try to come back and grab Familia, it's like, dude, no, this isn't what this guy,
2: I said this guy I would idiot. idiot. Yeah, this guy's He's an I, idiot. I've, I've heard from I the commissioner stories about this guy, have, you know, similar things where he offers trades and then, you know, withdraws them, not agrees. He hasn't agreed on them, but withdraws them. I've gotten offers from this guy, just terrible offers. And I've like, looked to go to my like screen where you can accept the trade and it's gone. And I'll say, what happened? Oh, I, I didn't like it. Like, you know, like think yeah, before you send something. Throw it out there. Yeah, yeah don't, don't, don't just have these it.
1: shoot from the hip like offers that you put out there, and then be like, "Oh no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that." Like you're right. never going to trade hey. with anybody, and no one's going to no. want to trade with you because you're you're a little bitch about it. Right, exactly.
2: And this, and this guy obviously has issues with committing to things and players because, you know, he has this reputation of having never traded. He pulls the trades when he does offer them. And, like, last week he was, I don't know, he was in a matchup with, with a commissioner. And at, like, I don't know, it was, like, 2 in the morning, the first day of the matchup, you know, when you get, you get your moves refreshed, you get all your moves back for the next matchup. He added and dropped – two players within like 10 minutes, like he at midnight when he got all his moves back, he added Mike Napoli and then 10 minutes later dropped him for someone else and then added (laughs) whoever it was. And then 10 minutes dropped that guy. So he literally used two moves or I'm sorry, four moves in the first 10 minutes of the, of the matchup period, two guys that he, he could have just been like, I don't want to add that guy, I'll add that guy, but added him. And then five minutes later decided he didn't want him. Like, it's two in the morning. No one's no one's stealing this guy from you at two in the morning. Uh, you you could have looked at it, decide who you wanted, and then add the guy. Like, it's so clearly he has issues where 10 minutes later he decides he doesn't want this player that he wanted 10 minutes ago, you know. And it's a similar deal with the trade. He wanted this player. He had texted me or messaged me for two weeks about wanting to trade for a closer. I offer him a closer. And then he says, well, I'll make this trade. And then Mike decides he doesn't want to do it. So it's obviously the guy has some issues with commitment yeah. and, and, you know, being scared and not being able to pull a trigger. And, you know, pretty much. And what I had tweeted was that it was cowardly. And, and that's what it was. And this guy clearly, you know, is a coward when it comes to relinquishing power from his team and uh, settling on players and having faith in his players.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now I, I will agree with him that, you win the trade by getting Nola for Rodriguez. I'm assuming it's K-Rod. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's like, well, maybe if you weren't too busy blowing your load on, on shitty pickups like Mike Napoli, you could have picked K-Rod up off the of waivers, and then he would still have yeah. him
2: and Nola. So, he actually had a higher waiver priority than me, too, so he could have picked yeah. him up if he wanted. So, I mean, right. I, and, and, I and no, no doubt sympathy it, yeah. for
1: people like that. And, right. I mean, and, I and, and, and
2: trades don't need to be won either. That's the thing. I think there's so many people that are so concerned about quote unquote winning the trade that they either don't do it or they end up negotiating for 20 hours with somebody about it. You don't have to win, win quote unquote, like with, you know, people ask me questions on Twitter all day, every day. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. it's like it's nonstop and I answer everybody and and they asked me trades and they said well who do you think won this trade and i said well i I prefer this side or or this side i like by a landslide but i don't know what the other teams needs were i mean this guy needs a closer i need a starting pitcher it's all about needs it's not winning you're not you know so and i think some people think of it that way that they have to you know when they close their laptop at the end of the day they have to grin and say oh i I beat that guy i won and that's not really how it should be even if you uh, completely annihilate the guy in the trade you know he may have still gotten what he wanted it doesn't even the players you were getting are higher ranks that guy may have wanted a lot of steals or or some saves or whatever it may be and you don't know the reasons why like it could be your favorite player it could be on your favorite team you could you could have 10 teams and he's and you don't own him on any of them and you want to own him, whatever the deal may be, um, you know, just, it, it is what it is. Just make the trade. And uh, if you're not going to make trades, don't bother talking to me for a day about a trade and then pull out of it. That's the thing. It's like, it's more about the time that I spent that upsets me. I mean, I don't need Aaron Nola on my team. Like you said, it's it's not going to be the end of the world, but it was that I took time in my evening while I was with my family the night before to work out this trade and then yeah. he goes and, you know, it's like, oh, I just wasted an hour that I could have spent with, with my family or doing something else or whatever it may be. And then it's like on his end, no, he doesn't care. He's just, oh, yeah, you know, who cares? I'm just going to screw you. And it's like that sure. sort of interpersonal connection where, like, they don't care about the other person or the other person's uh, responsibilities or time or, or maybe the effort they put in to negotiate the deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, dude, I'm I'm right there with you on the you don't have to win the trade per se. I mean, like, yeah, that always feels nice. Like, yeah, I got the better, you know, side of the deal. I think that happens in football a lot more, like that it does baseball because baseball is you know way more category based. But and but I think you get I think you get all those people on Twitter that ask us questions and they they started in fantasy football. So that's all they know is, well, I have to win the trade. It has to be the most points type of thing, you know, but in baseball, it's so different. It could, you have to look at your team needs way more. So I'm a hundred percent agreeing with you there, man, that I, I've said that before a hundred times, I feel like, and it's hard to get people to listen and, and learn that. Um, and that's ultimately one of the reasons why, you know, guys like us do better than, than, a, than a lot of these, than a lot of people, and you know, it's it's just one of the things that I is why I'm trying to do stuff like this to teach people because I ultimately want better and you know, more competition out there. Um, but it just a lot of people don't seem to want to listen and learn, you know. So it's unfortunate. But um, you know, to kind of to kind of move on with this, you know. So I, I wanted to get into some other you know fantasy etiquette that that owners need to be doing. And I think two right off the bat that come to mind for me is if you join your league, you, you have a responsibility to, to be in that league and one pay the league fee. It pisses me off beyond belief. I have, I have told friends I will never play fantasy football or baseball with them. Good, close friends. And they're still good, close friends. I mean, like, none of my leagues are, like, really expensive. I do, like, $20 leagues just kind of for fun. Um, I have told them I will never, ever invite you to a fantasy league ever again because you, you didn't pay. And it sucks because they're ultimately, you know, good guys, but for whatever reason they didn't pay and I got fed up with them. And then if you're in the league, set your lineup. I don't care if you're the most active owner in the league. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to make a hundred moves all year long. You don't have to make 10 trades. I don't care about that. You know, that's nice, you know, for you to be an active, really, you know, a, a really active owner on the message boards, talking smack, you know, that makes it more fun. And more fun for not just the owner, but for the rest of the league, I feel like, but set your lineup, keep the level of the, the competition balance fair in football. It's the worst at the end of the year when you're fighting for playoff spots and the guy that, you know, the guy that's in sixth place fight for a playoff spot plays a team in last place. And he probably would have won anyway, but he's got five guys, five injured players on his team and he doesn't even care to like, swap them out for guys that are going to get them at least two points. That's the worst.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree right. more with, with everything you've just said, actually. I mean, it, obviously guys like us have been playing for a while and play, you know, pretty – you know, we have we have fun, but we take things seriously. Uh, that's I mean, that's a complaint that you see up and down all the legit fantasy guys. And I don't get – it's like every year you still get the same thing no matter – no matter what, you're still going to get one or two guys or more that uh, do all those things. I, I, I do think that actually there are some ways to work around that. As a commissioner, I commission. I'm a commissioner of at least one sport. I I do baseball. I mean, I have multiple teams, but I'm a commissioner of one basketball league, uh, one baseball league, and two football leagues. And um, and I've you know I've learned through through misfortune that these things happen and I've tried to remedy them through the years. So uh, the last few years, I've just, if you don't pay, I make usually a deadline, pay buy-ins need to be in a week before the draft. You have all off season, whatever you need to do, if you need to pay installments, if you need to put, you know, $5 from your paycheck aside for the next two months, whatever it is, you're, you know, these are guys are in the league every year, so they know what it's coming up. And uh, if you're not in, then you're not drafting. Uh, and I usually have one or two alternates that I find that I say, "Hey, I have one guy that sells not paid if he doesn 't come through, would you want to play and they 're like, "Yeah, so I usually am able to find somebody or i you know i I tweet something out, "Hey, need one more guy, whatever it may be um, so i 've actually been successful in that uh, for a few years now where i 've everyone 's paid everyone 's paid on time." And there's a couple of people that at the end said, you know, I just can't come up with it. And I had that alternate ready to go, and we are ready to rock. Uh, so that, but it did take years because the word guys, like you said, friends, that, and it's not even about them not paying. Everyone's ended up paying. I've never had a friend that didn't end up completely paying, but I've had to chase them down throughout the season. And that's almost worse. Like,
0: the most you don't feel like, a friend, thing the feel like
2: a collection agency. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you, instead of, yeah, exactly. Instead of texting them, hey, man, let's go. Uh, let's go watch the game, grab some ribs, whatever, wings, watch the game, whatever. Let's talk about sports. You're like, Hey man, where's my money? And it turns into just like this sad, you know, relationship where you every two weeks you're asking this guy, where's my money? Like you're a loan shark, you know? So it's weird. And it's awkward and we're all adults. There's no reason that over you have, a month or two to pay 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is. They, we all work. You, you can't come up with that. If you, if you don't think you're to come up with that, don't commit to the league. That's fair. I've had people say, "Hey, you know what? I I'm going out of out of the country next week. Uh I've had this vacation planned. I've saved up a lot of money for that, so I don't think I'm going to be able to afford the league or I have a wedding. I'm getting married. I can't afford it then, fine. But don't commit to it." Um but i've sort of by setting this di- deadline i've been able to eliminate that um and in football like you said the lineup setting in baseball and basketball it's hard to monitor because it's daily and there's going to be just mm-hmm. days where people just forget and and look i i'm i think i've missed a lineup set maybe once or twice in the last 10 years and it was because i you know Something unexpected came up, and I couldn't get to the phone or the computer or whatever it may be. But I am—I set my lineups no matter what in the beginning of the week, and then I alter it daily depending on when guys are sitting out or there's a rain out or whatever it may be. But set in the beginning of the week, ESPN, Yahoo, whatever it may be, they allow you to set it a year in advance. You can, If you want to right now, you can go to your ESPN fantasy baseball team and set your lineup through October. You could. And it would honestly probably take you five minutes because all you got to do is click all the guys that are playing. You worry about the matchups later on. You make sure that on Thursdays or Tuesdays, whenever there's, you know, a few less games, you, you put everyone in and that's it. And if you, if you decide later in the year that you're out of it, at least your lineups are set. In my baseball and basketball leagues, I do. If I see a guy that is now going a two or three days without setting a lineup, I'll message him. I'll say, hey, man. I don't know if you realize, but you haven't set your line, but most of the time we'll say, oh man, I totally forgot. Like, and they'll, and they'll say, okay, cool. I just set it for the next three weeks. Just so I don't have to worry about it. Um, you just got to keep up on the guys and it sucks. But as a commissioner, those are some of your responsibilities In football, mm-hmm. though, however, you were absolutely right. It's the most frustrating thing end of the year. You get the, you're behind by one game to make the playoffs and the guy that you 're behind is playing the guy that hasn 't set his lineup in four weeks, and he 's got all these hurt guys in the lineup or whatever and, and not only does that affect the the, the standings like like you said he, he may beat him anyway, but the guy playing him can pick up players without thinking about it um, you know planning ahead like oh well i don 't need this guy this week anyway because i 'm not going to need to score many points so i 'm going to pick up a defense for next week. That is a good matchup. You know, they can, it's almost like having a buy in in the playoffs where you can kind of look ahead to the next week. Um, I found that a good thing to do is you give money to the highest point total each week. So whatever the buy in um, may be, you take away and you assign 10, $15 every week, at least gives people incentive to set a lineup because let's say like in a league like yours, $20 buy-in, if someone could win back their buy-in just by having the highest point total that week, it gives them some incentives to set the lineup. It's not perfect, um, but, you know, I I try to make sure that when it comes down to it, that all the players that I have in my leagues are competitive and they fight to the end. And and I will message them like, Hey, last week of the season, do you mind setting your lineup just to keep it, you know, status quo? Uh, And and sometimes you have to do that as a commissioner. Those are things that you want to be doing. And that's why you've chosen to be the commissioner because, hey, the best part about being a commissioner is you get to make a few rules the way you want it, you know?
0: So. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I, yeah, baseball is harder because, I mean, like, you can't fault somebody for sitting a guy who normally plays every day but just happens to be scratched that day or something like that. Like, that's hard to do. I, so I, I get you. But, I mean, to me, like, it you can, you can get on somebody like, hey, you've got – half your roster is injured. It's not a dynasty league. Let's, let's figure something out here. Um, Let's make this competitive again. So I will get on people. And in football, I've actually made the rule where I say um, if, if your roster is not set, I think I've even said like, I'm going to go in and just sub like, if you're starting injured players, I'm going to at least go start your healthy guys. Like I, I made the rule and and nobody seemed to complain. I've never actually had to do it, which is great um, in any of my leagues, but I've actually said, Hey, I'm going to go in and, and, and set your lineup for you. I will not add drop people, but if you have healthy players on the bench or players that aren't on buy on your bench, I'm subbing them in to make a competitive bounce. I've even done it. Actually, no, I had, I've had to do it like once or twice. And I think about it, I had to do it against myself one time, and I subbed in and I subbed in some tight end I forget he scored like three touchdowns. I was like, oh, that really got me <laughs> in the ass.
2: <laughs> so yeah, that sucks. But hey, I mean, when 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 the commissioner does it to himself, you know, it's legit. You know, you you mean yeah, no, absolutely. You're not singling yourself out, yeah. And, and um, yeah, and one of the last one. I don't get it. Yeah, well, I have to say really quick that to me it's like, why do you play fantasy? Like, if you're not going to play.
0: I've, I've I I've consistently
2: agree. seen guys every year I've, I've been in leagues that are big buy-ins. Like I've been in leagues that are two, three, $400 where I've seen a guy draft and never set his lineup. Like even after the draft, like his lineup was on his bench the whole year. Like what? Like, like, hey, I, I want your kind of money, the money you have, like, that you can just throw away $400 and not even set your lineup once. Like, that's just get that. Like, or, you know, or even setting it for a couple months and then stopping. Like, how is that any fun? Why did you join the league? Why do you, do you like playing fantasy just because you feel like you have to or it's something you've done that you've I've can't got friends that are like not doing that, it.
0: I've got I've got a couple friends like that though, and I, and I won't join their leagues because they continuously invite people like that, and they're kind of one of those people themselves where they they join it, they love the draft, they love to have a couple beers in the draft with their friends and talk some smack, and then like the season gets into it, and if, if there's any sort of like bad luck involved or they're not doing well, it's eh, I might set my lineup this week. You're like, really? You couldn't take, especially in football, like you couldn't take the five minutes to log yeah. in on your phone and put Ben Roethlisberger in for Peyton Manning? Like, what is wrong with you?
2: Like, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. it. You, paid, yeah. you paid money They for don't this. have the time. They don't have the time. Yeah. Five so, minutes while you're on the toilet. That's all it takes. Like, I, yeah, right. Like, I
0: know. But, yeah, especially the one guy I know, he sits on his phone all damn day long, especially when he's on the toilet and... <laughs> Believe me, it's it's annoying. I've had many conversations with him about it. But last couple ones I want to get to before we move before we finish this well, up. I is, talk
1: to you all the time on the toilet. We need to move on from this. Can you call me when you're not taking a dump, please?
0: Thanks. <laughs> he doesn't actually call me on the phone. And you know who I'm talking about?
1: I, I um, can take a guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, we may have had him on the what, show what, one
1: time. What was it? Yeah, you know, first time caller, long time listener.
0: Yeah, right. Um anyway. Last couple of ones I want to say is and it kinda of goes back to your whole trade thing is is don't offer crappy trades. Don't offer these trades that you have to know are awful. If you send me a trade that you know, you're you're trying to send me Danny Duffy for Max Scherzer I am blasting you on the message boards, and I don't care at all. The whole league will know about this. I've had guys, leagues, basketball leagues, baseball leagues, you name it, send me bad trade after bad trade, and I don't get it. I've even had to tell them, look, you need to stop sending me the bad trade or the whole league is going to hear about it. And they still send me one, and I have to do it. Like, I don't know what else to do. It's, It's terrible. That is just unrespectful in my opinion. And then disrespectful. Disres yes. Thank you. I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. <laughs> um and then and then the last one is just kinda, you know, be responsive. I the I think maybe the the worst thing to me is I send out trades or I'll send out especially as a commissioner, I'll send out emails saying, Hey, I need you to respond to this. Like it's a league vote for a new rule change this coming year. And No, they just don't respond. Trades go and they just disappear into a black hole. It's like, do you check your email? I know we all work and we all check our email multiple times a day, most likely. How are you not – how can you not take two seconds to at least send back and say, hey, I need to think about it? You know, at least let me know you've got it. I hate that. I mean – I mean, maybe I'm the only one who experiences this, but it seems to happen to me all the time. Maybe people just hate me.
2: <laughs> no, you're not the only one. It happens to me. I I, I get I have those guys. I mean, maybe not for league votes or whatever. I, uh, but yeah, I send guys trades, and, and this is a big pet peeve of mine. And I send them a trade, and I know they got it because I can see that they set their lineup following like the day the next day but they don't even respond like it's like, you know, like the trade, you'll see pending transactions, whatever site you're on, it basically has something similar. Um, and they just leave it until it expires. And it's like, I don't just decline. If you don't want it, decline it. I mean, I prefer when I decline trade, I always, unless I'm in an ongoing negotiation where we're just sending back and forth, uh, I almost, I always write a comment. Hey, not interested. I don't like this player. I'm not looking for this position or whatever it may be. Uh, I, I don't expect that from everyone. I would like it, but I don't. But like, if you don't, not interested. Just decline it so I can move on and maybe, you know, make an, make other moves accordingly. Like it's weird to me. But then these are the g- same guys that are always that always miss the playoffs or in roto leagues are always in the bottom four or five guys. So it's not. You, the effort you put in is, is the results you're going to get. You, you can't and, – and this is why I like Roto Leagues. I, I, I'm in 16 baseball leagues, and two of them are head-to-head, so 14 Roto Leagues. And the reason that I prefer Roto is because you get what you put in. Uh, you, dra- you, you draft well, you do well, you pick, make moves, you make trades to, to bolster your mm-hmm. team, help yourself in specific categories. There's no luck. It's not head-to-head matchups where you happen to have some crazy week where you have – uh, Danny Valencia on your team and he hits three home runs and your opponent uh, has uh, Jose Barrios who gives up seven or whatever, you know, and, and, and Maxers and you have Maxers or two, whatever it may be. Uh, it's you, it's really you. And you don't worry about your opponents. You worry about yourself and getting yourself to the top and, and, um, and, and you can't win by flip it that way. So at the end of the year, when you look at the total moves made, they usually have those the guys that have 10 moves or 15 or whatever, they're always in the bottom because eventually you're not going to win with, if you win with the exact same team you drafted, then you should, I don't know what you have, you have a career in in working for a NFL team or an MLB team drafting pro players, because uh, at some point you're going to have injuries and guys that aren't going to perform the way you thought and whatever, but it's the guys that don't try that lose. But, and I don't mind because, hey, that's just another guy I don't have to worry about. But at the same time, I would like it to be competitive. I, I prefer guys to respond to trades than to guys not respond to trades. And I don't know. It's fun, funny sort of really quick as we're talking about trades. I, there's certain guys in these leagues that frustrate me every year no matter what. Like this guy we talked about, annoying as hell, pussy about trades, whatever. There's other guy in the league I'm in. That's very similar. I mean, he's not like, he hasn't done anything shady trade wise. He just is not a good fantasy player. He's, he insists on, he's like from Tampa Bay or his favorite teams, the Rays or whatever it may be. But every year he drafts a lot of Tampa Bay Rays. So it's not like he's a Cubs fan. He's drafting like Rizzo and Bryant and Hayward. He's drafting like Logan Morrison and, uh, Brad Miller. Oh, my God. And like, <laughs> right. So this is his team. You know, he doesn't even have Chris Archer. He has Matt Moore. And, you know, so it's just like this crappy team every year that's consisting of usually four or five, six Tampa Bay Rays, which is, you know, not a fantasy haven. And, and so midway through each season, he's always like, you know, 13, you know 12, 13, 14 in the league, in, in the Roto League. So you fall behind pretty quick it's hard, it's not easy, I mean you can work your way back very easily in Roto but you have to be active to do so, you can't just Mm -hmm. like, these. I offer Tracy's guys and they're like you know, I I think some of my guys just started slow, I want to wait a little while to see if they can get out of their slumps, I'm like hey, that's that's on you, but it's about to be June, or two months into the season, I think that slow start that you're talking about, these guys have 200 plate appearances already, like that slow start, maybe it's time for you to make some moves, you know, like He'll just get complacent. This guy is just one of those guys that is just complacent not only with his playing all of his rays, but so I made this trade offer to him a couple of weeks ago. I I was trying to buy um uh Hector Neris, or I I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right. The Phillies set setup man. Oh, that's I, right, I really yeah, that's like, right. He he's yeah, I feel like he he's got lights out stuff and I and, and I think he's the best pitcher in their bullpen. I think he's gonna eventually be their closer whether gomez fails or he's traded or whatever it may be so i'm trying to like get ahead of the game i'm in second place in the league and i've got a nice gap over third so i can afford to pick up mill relievers they're going to help my ratios and maybe speculate on saves and i offer them yeah it's not a great trade but i offer him like uh patrick corbin or something like that and or trevor plouffe or whatever i mean this to him, I'm assuming this guy just thinks he's a middle reliever because he's not a good fantasy player and probably isn't thinking like me. Well, this guy could get saves down the line. Um, so he writes back, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I do need quality starts and strikeouts, but I could use his width more or something like that. Like, and then he puts a smiley face. Okay, this guy some more on. And so then, like, <laughs> a couple of days later, I mix it up. I do, like, a two-for-two or two I add another starting pitcher, as for Norris and Trevor May, you know, another guy I'm speculating on saves and he he declared oh, no it was Danny Valencia before his home run binge uh and Patrick Corbin for these two middle relievers. I and mean, this guy needs so much help on his team. Like he start one of his starters this guy Adelman on Cincinnati. He oh, has God. Whistler is his like number 2 pitcher. Like this guy needs a lot of help where he doesn't need to be rostering two middle relievers. Uh not to mention all the rays he has on his team. And so he declines and says, I have more home runs than Danny Valencia. And, uh, you know, cause he had zero at the time. And so he hits five in like four games. And I met, and I wrote back, I'm like, I guess Valencia has more home runs than you now. Smiley face. This guy just, he doesn't want to make a move. And in each one of these trade offers, I wrote like, Hey, I could, you know, use this, whatever. Here's my phone number. Text me. If you don't like this, we can negotiate because I like these players, you know. And I've sent email after email with my phone number, you know, at least let's talk about it, and never response, never response, never a response. And then so Monday with, we have our waiver period, he drops Trevor May. Like he literally – he could have sent an offer, Trevor May for Patrick Corbin, the same deal that I had been offering him for two weeks. But he'd rather just drop the player. When I still would have done that trade. It's so weird. Like you have a guy that has been offering you a trade, and you'd rather drop the guy than trade him. Like I don't get that. Like I don't know. <laughs> so uh, some people know, are bro. lost cause,
0: man. It's it's uh, it's there's sometimes nothing you can do about it. People are just gonna yeah be bad fantasy yeah. No, no, no there's lots of guys. Runners, that but, and you know, it's again, you know, to just wrap up the segment. You know, it it's all about being a good owner, respect your league, respect the other owners, you know, do everything you can. It's Be as involved with the league as you possibly can. You made the commitment, you know, own up to the commitment. The entire season don't half-ass it. That's my, that's the way I've always gone into it. Even if it's a free league. I mean, I, I like free leagues. I don't care. Like I, the money isn't for me. Like I don't, I don't care about the money. I would love to play in free leagues with a bunch of guys that just want to talk shit to each other all season long and have bragging rights at the end of the year, you know, but it's hard to find those leagues now. So I threw in some money hoping it would help and it, and it has, but you know, just own up to your commitment and follow through with it. And that will mean, that will make the league 10 times better for you and everybody else. And that's how you can be the best fantasy owner you can be. So, I mean, well, uh, we're going to have to let you go here and uh, finish up the show, but if you want to let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter and and websites and things like that.
2: Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me on. i you know it's a great topic to talk about because I think all fantasy owners, you know, experience this kind of stuff, and always love mm-hmm. coming on the show. And uh, you can find my writing at uh, the Fantasy Fix, Razzball, um and I do an MBA. Uh, co-owner of an MBA site called uh, uh, com. and uh, you can find me on Twitter at SethDustSportsMan. S E T H D A. S P O R T S M A N. I'm literally on there twenty four seven. I answer all start sit trade questions. Uh, you name it. So find me on there, follow me, and and, uh, and enjoy the rest of your fantasy season. And good luck to you guys and your in your leagues. And uh, hope to be on again soon.
0: Hi right, man, thanks, thanks man. Play. Good luck to you too. So anyway, um, yeah, definitely, definitely a good topic. A, a lot to talk about, obviously. I mean, it could go on. I mean, that could pretty much be the whole show, as we can tell. Um, but let's just let's just rip through some of these other topics here. So, we've got some. As always, we do you know, we do some news and injuries updates. Um, the pitching performances last week, man, were pretty nasty. I mean, we got Max Scherzer twenty Ks, tie the MLB record. Uh, Kershaw does it once again, and absolutely uh, is having a remarkable season. 77 and four strikeout to walk ratio. That's that's just ridiculous. And Jose Fernandez, two 11 strikeout games. I mean, him and Max Scherzer silenced all the critics, me included, for Max Scherzer at least. Uh, if whether or not they're still going to be able to get it done. And, you know, we talked about Max Scherzer last week, along with a couple other guys that seemed to just blow up, like Adam Jones, which was interesting. Um, you know, we kind of were semi-worried about both of these guys, and they just crushed it.
1: Yeah, Jones uh, absolutely destroyed me in my one matchup. I was playing the guy in first place, and, and he just goes off. And I, I was texting in the little message box to the guy, like, man, what the hell, this guy – doesn't do anything all year and then he picks this week to to finally figure it out when he's playing up against me and uh, you know that sucked and speaking of not setting your lineups I kind of I got the little notification on my phone but I was driving on Sunday or Saturday I believe and I I didn't get to put uh, Jose Quintana in and I was you know whatever I was already getting my ass handed to me so it really didn't matter in the scheme of things but um I, I by the time I got to a destination, I couldn't put him in. he'd already started, and was like, eh, whatever, but, but yeah, sure, sir, I was even debating on sitting him like we were tweeting about last <laughs> yeah. week i'm I'm glad I didn't, I didn't even realize he tied the record until the next day and i I even looked at the stats that morning, but I just totally didn't pick up on on the caves because I have them in fan tracks, and i I'm getting more used to their site, but it's. It's still, you know, I'm still kind of uh, not enjoying looking at the stats for it for the next day. So I didn't even look it's at it until league. I saw like the video.
0: Fifteen categories in that league or whatever it is. That league's pretty crazy. But
1: well, we we yeah, dumped it down hard. this
0: year. Yeah. So we 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 dumped it down a
1: lot this year, and we just have um, it's like a six by six, I think. So we've got runs or oh, really? RBI's. Oh, Oh, yeah, no, my, my team's killing it this year because I figured it out, and, you know, I'm, I'm ahead of the, the curve now and know what I'm doing a little bit more. But, yeah, it's runs, home runs, RBI, strikeouts, uh, stolen bases, average OPS. So maybe that's seven. Yeah, seven by seven, sorry. Uh, K's, ERA, whip, quality starts, wins, saves, and holds are separate categories. So I'm winning right now 11 to three. With, nice, nice. With a nine. With a 9.47 ERA and a 1.753 WHIP, fantastic start. But he has yet to pitch. Who do you already. have,
0: Marcus so, Stroman? Uh,
1: yes, I have uh, <laughs> Jesse, Jesse That's a totally Chavez. That's random guess. <laughs> I have I have Jesse Chavez, uh, J A Happ. Uh, Scherzer is the only one who's been good for me right now. Um, Stroman. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman or or Jason Zimmerman, uh, whichever it is. Uh, and, ah, you're
0: hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. ah, I caught go. that one. Not gonna get that one. Better. And
1: and Andrew Bailey, but Bailey got shellacked for a one run across one innings. so um, that that's not a big deal. Uh, yeah, but that, yeah, that my pitchers cool. are just. Not not doing it, so he's already gonna win those categories, but that's fine. I'll take the other eleven that I have,
0: so I'm good. To- it's so early, man. I've had I've had one or two guys blow up early and and uh, and and make out, so it's not a big deal. But uh, yeah, yeah. So man, again, like pitching pitching was so dominant last week, and you know, it was a big big storyline for a couple of days there in a row, and then we get to the Injury news here. Um, Michael Brantley back on the DL with a shoulder with his shoulder uh, injury. I'm just not really sure what's going to happen there. The last update I saw wasn't really much of anything. They just don't know right now. Um, Adrian Gonzalez day-to-day with back stiffness. I haven't looked to see if he's playing today. My guess would be no. Um, no, he was out. Yeah, was he out? I kind of figured he was, so... No, that's uh, that's a shame. I mean, he wasn't doing all that great anyway. Um, I do own him in that NL-only league, and and he wasn't great. Um, Carlos Gomez, I originally had the note that, you know, he was just going to start losing playing time because he's been struggling, but they actually put him on the DL. Um, I, I didn't actually see what it was for, and like I said, before the show, I got down here about two minutes before the clock struck 830, so I didn't get a chance to look at it. But, um, it, they burn. obviously. Okay. So, possibly a made-up injury to get him down to the minors during like a rehab assignment and get him let him figure things out. Because this guy, I mean, what he's such a good talent. He's got he's got the skills. Just something's off with him. He's pressing too hard you know, maybe it's all mental at this point, but this guy, you know, he's too good to be this bad in my opinion. I, I just don't know why this is happening. I mean, who knows? Maybe he is injured, but bruised ribs. Like, I, I don't know. That seems kind of iffy. Like I don't remember hearing that he was like hit by a bunch of pitches or anything. So who knows? Um,
1: well, it could have been a, a dive in the outfield or something like that because I, I, I haven't done much research on it. I just saw bruised ribs. That's why I threw it on a sheet there. But, yeah, I think, you know, this is now two years straight that he's been kind of a disappointment overall. Yeah, you know, after absolutely. Having a, a really good year, so, uh, you know, hopefully he can get, you know, get healthy and then get get some rehab starts, like he said, and
0: try to just get some confidence back. Maybe that's all they need. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he definitely needs it, and, you know, that, the Houston Astros team could, could use some help right now, too, so... Um, Garrett Richards, interesting news. He is not going to have Tommy John surgery, which would have almost absolutely taken him out for all of next year as well. So now he's going to try and rehab it instead and see if he can come back. I guess, I guess the logic here is if rehab works and he doesn't need to get the surgery, then he can come back for next year. If it doesn't work, even three months from now, he still misses all of 2017. So who cares, right? So let's see if rehab yeah. works first. So it it sort of makes sense, but it's interesting. But um, you know, owners that are reading it and and thinking maybe he'll return for this year, that's just not going to happen. So don't don't expect it. Um, unfortunate news for Henderson Alvarez. Man, this guy was like a week away from finally returning. He missed almost all of last year with a shoulder injury had surgery over the all season was rehabbing. It was pitching really well in his reset rehab starts and he had a setback. So now I don't know how long it just came out this morning that he had the setback. So I don't know how long it's going to actually keep him out for, but this is really unfortunate news for him. Um, and then you put a couple of notes down here about uh, Mike Moustakis, uh, the yeah, thumb, the fresher thumb.
1: Yeah, looks like he's going to be uh, possibly rejoining KC this Saturday. Um, I think so he be rehabbing about that this thing. week. Yeah, it's pretty quick, you know, out for him, I feel like. And some injuries usually tend to linger. So, you know, if you're running back out to the waiver wire to, to pick him up and throw him in a DL slot for this week until he comes back, you know, he may not want to necessarily – Jumping right back into your lineup, fracture but...
0: in your thumb. Like that seems like something you'd be really hard to play baseball with a fractured thumb. Yeah, like I mean, holding the bat, bat's be gripping a suspected... the ball, catching everything um, It involves your hands. Like, yeah. whatever. If he's if he's good, he's good. If not, whatever. But
1: uh, yeah. what seems yeah. And then uh,
0: another another stash player that
1: that everybody, uh, you know, was going after and trapped in a little bit later this year. you Darvish um, coming off of his Tommy John surgery. It looks like he's expected to make one more rehab start and then he'll be rejoining the Texas rotation, so um, you know, assuming all, everything goes well with that start, and you know, he doesn't have any uh, setbacks or anything. He should be good to go. Yeah, um, he's been pitching well his rehabs. Rehab. Yeah, one note about the Richards thing, you know, maybe he's trying to go the the route of uh, Tanaka last year or the year before, I guess it was, when he, you know, kind of got his injury and everybody was thinking, oh, guy, he's going to have to get Tommy John. And he didn't, so, you know, but then. Yeah,
0: he, I mean, yeah, it's like it hasn't happen. so.
1: Yeah, he's going to be kind of so. yeah, weary to, to go after, I feel like. But you may be able to get him on the cheap and
0: if it works out for him, great. Well, like I said, he's not coming back this year. I don't I think that's out of the oh, question yeah, no. at this point. It's, no. It it'll be you know, maybe next year or early next year that it, that he'll be back if, if the rehab works. Um you know, it in if you're in keeper dicey leagues, like I don't even know if that's really gonna really gonna matter, like who's dropping Garrett Richards at this point, but you know, so be it. Anyway, yeah. So that's that's so. uh so we've got for the news and up you know injury updates for the week. Quick and dirty there. And uh I guess I will let you have the floor.
1: All right. Well, uh hitting up some some soapbox minute here with uh Dr. Richard Dick Dixby. Uh tonight's doctor soapbox now, huh? Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I got a PhD, so I gotta use it here. Um the uh the thing I want to go into tonight is, seeing as we haven't touched on it yet, but tonight was the NBA's uh, 2016 draft lottery show on ESPN, uh, and I wanted to just go into a little bit about how the NBA lottery, in my opinion, is rigged and basically revolves around where Brown Brown decides to, air quotes, take his talents next. Um, and a little bit of this is, is from a Philadelphia fan perspective. So we'll go back and we'll start from uh, from 2011. So this is where the whole thing kind of started. It's the first year, brown Brown's gone. He, he took his talents to South Beach with his little, uh, you know, trifecta of, of playing friends and whatnot, and ever since he left, Cleveland has basically dominated the NBA draft lottery. It all started in 2011 where they, again, air quotes, won the number one pick because the Clippers managed to actually get that pick with an astonishingly low 2.8% odds, which was the eighth best out of the 14 teams. The pick was a, an, an unpro, unprotected pick, traded to Cleveland, along with the absolute salary dumping of Baron Davis. And the Clippers got Mo Williams and Jamario Boone, who cares, back uh, on it. And then Cleveland, in that draft alone, already had the second-best odds to, again, air quotes, win the lottery themselves with 19.9% odds. But they got jumped by the... You know, I'm calling it the L-A-C-L-E pick. And then another jump by the New Jersey Nets, um, who had the sixth best odds. So, either way, Cleveland walks away with Kyrie Irving, who we've all seen as a stud player, and Tristan Thompson, who's been a pretty good, you know, role player for them, if you will. So, I'd say it's a pretty uh, pretty, pretty solid day for the first LeBron free year in Cleveland. So, fast forward another year to 2012. Cleveland now has the 13.8% odds, which is the third best overall. And, and actually this year they, they kind of got bumped out for a change. Uh, I guess the the NBA felt like they gave them a little too much in 2011. So we're going to take a little away now and, and we're going to bump you down from third best and we'll, we'll still give you the fourth pick. And uh, you, can, you can have Dion Waiters. Um, you know, Anthony Davis, of course, goes number one to New Orleans with that first pick, and they had a 13.7% odds. So they were 0.1 percentage away from having Anthony Davis, in my opinion. Uh, let's go to 2013. This is the worst odds by far that they had, a 0.8% odd. the 11th best out of 14 teams. Cleveland gets the first pick. That's ridiculous. So they had they had a more realistic I don't even know. My notes are all screwed up here. Um, <laughs> I feel like this <laughs> for whatever reason, I think oh, I think I I meant to say Philly. Philly's odds were point eight percent odds, the eleventh best, so who cares about that? Whatever, that's nothing. Cleveland gets the first pick with their 15.6% odds, which was the third best. Again, they leapfrogged Orlando and Charlotte. Okay, so that's where I was going with that. 2014, they have Philly, that is, has 19.9% odds, the second best odds in in the draft here, the lottery. Cleveland, again, gets the first pick with their 1.7% odds. Ninth best. They take Andrew Wiggins, the best player out there, who should be in Philly, but then he ended up getting traded for Kevin Love, and the Sixers again lose out on a top two player uh, draft, and they they take Okafor at number three, who's been pretty good. I, I do like Okafor. Who was injured toward the end of this past year, but you know you get a guy who's been out of shape, about having to go to Philadelphia, doesn't want to play for him initially, decides to turn it around. Last year, Cleveland is out of it, thankfully, because Braun, the savior is back in Cleveland. They made it to the finals. They obviously lost, which, because of that, I'm surprised they didn't just say, oh, well, you know, uh, here you go. We'll just give you a lottery pick, anyways. Uh,
0: <laughs> but they didn't. Well, no. So now now Philly, it's the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Philly can They're going to do in, something to get the Lakers back in it
1: with their 15.6% odds, which is, again, the third best. And they got the third pick overall. So, you know, they fell where they needed to last year, which was, I guess, okay. Uh, And then L.A. took the number two spot from the Knicks with their odds, whatever. But then this year, L.A., if they would have gotten out of the top three... They had a top three protected pick, so if they would have managed to not get their rigged status into the top three because of uh, Kobe leaving after his, you know, uh, triumphant career, congratulations, Kobe, come to Philly, help coach with us, do whatever, um, bring it on home, and that trade or that pick would have gone to Philly, but no, no, we can't, we can't have that. I, I was absolutely under the assumption that the Lakers would somehow leapfrog Philly, who had a 26.9% chance this year for first place, uh, or first pick, sorry. They were going to get leapfrogged by the Lakers because of Kobe's departure. And it, it all would have been blamed on Cleveland, in my opinion, and and Brown Brown and, and his – Decision to go everywhere But Philly came out on top tonight And uh, I'm, I'm happy the NBA Finally got it right And gave Philly the first overall pick I'm, I'm sorry uh, Allowed Philly to win the lottery uh, However that works, whatever So we'll see It looks like they're probably going to go after Ben Simmons But Philly had potentially Two first round picks this year You know, two lottery picks And Phoenix ends up with two lottery picks Albeit the fourth and I think
0: the 11th, 14th or 12th for the uh, 14th. They, Thanks to the Wizards because they're idiots and they trade for. Um, I'm totally blanking on his name, but he just he's not good because it doesn't matter. So <laughs> I'm yeah. not happy about the trade. So
1: either way, they uh, they have Makey now. <laughs> Washington has nothing. Oh yeah,
0: Makey yep. Makey Morris. Uh, such a terrible uh, trade. <laughs>
1: So, that's that's my rant. It's, I guess it's
0: just, you know, I just
1: don't, I, and I don't pay attention to the NBA that much anymore just because I feel like it is kind of a a rigged and sluggish sport uh, in a sense, but you know, the, the guys have talent. I can't take that away from them. They, they're very athletic. I'm not going to take that away from them, but it's just not the most popular sport anymore. I feel like it's just like a niche sport now, and You know, you're going to see maybe, I don't know, curling or something, you know, overtake the NBA (laughs) in another couple of years. I
0: mean, mark it down, man. Mark it down. Um, Dude, I wasn't going to rebuttal with this at all, but I have to. My problem. So you're you're going to rebuttal. No, no, no. I don't care at all about bronze. I. Not sure I follow your notes here, so I can't even rebuttal to that. But <laughs> my problem with the draft lottery is the fact that a team like Philly, who obviously tanked and has been tanking for multiple years, gets rewarded with the number one pick. That's, that's, not, that's just re- it.
1: They, they haven't been. They've tanked. Yet still manage to get screwed
0: by this lottery system. That's the whole point of this. Good, because I don't think I, I think it's a disgrace what the Phillies what the Phillies, what the seventy sixers have done to basketball. It's a disgrace.
2: Except for Okrafort.
0: A disgrace. Except for Okafor, was, was They good. don't really have a starting roster. Noel's okay. He's he's just well, I mean no, he's, he's been, been injured. No, it's okay. But other than that, though, like pick. who who else that's do what, they have on their team? That was the draft
1: that screwed us.
0: Well, they're picking up. Okay, well, okay, you're talking about Cleveland winning like two best number ones in a row. They got Wiggins and trade him away from Andrew, uh, for Andrew for. Andrew Wiggins uh, for Kevin Love, and that's worked out fantastic for him. I mean, Kevin Love's okay, but Wiggins is turning out to a full fledged like, superstar at this point over in Minnesota, yeah. so good for them. And then the year before that, they took Andrew Bennett, so yay. Oh, no, yeah. The, pick, the picks that I mean, they They've got been terrible. So, like, if you get a bad pick. Happen, I'm not saying the bad picks. I'm saying the 76ers just go into the season knowing they're going to suck, and they don't even try. They don't try and pick up yeah. players that would legitimately start on other teams' rosters. They got lucky with Ish Smith this year. He was actually good. Everybody else yeah. in that roster, minus Okafor, was complete trash. No, well, uh, was like Noel half was, half was, half. Trash. was half and half. Noel was half and half. Some days it was like, oh, maybe he'll be good. Then I say it was like, why is this guy on the court? Okafor yeah. was good. And I, Smith was mostly good. Noel was half and half. Everybody else in that team would not be on another NBA roster. And if they were, they'd be just sitting on the bench. They wouldn't yeah. be playing. And,
1: and I have to I have to, uh, unrespectfully, uh, disrespectful, correct myself here because 2014 I had in my notes they took Okafor number three. That was last year they took Okafor number three. The year before in 2014 is when they took Embiid and he sat the whole year. And, and Oh, and again, this past year. But that was, the, that was the draft pick that really bothered me because they had the second-best odds and they should have had a top-two pick with that. And then they get bumped down because Cleveland, with their bullshit 1.7% odds, somehow sneaks in to get the first pick and takes Wiggins. That's, that's what bothers me about this system. And, and it's like, okay, well, it's a lottery. I get it. All these teams sucked enough to get a percentage towards getting the first pick. You know, switch it, switch it towards the, the way that the NFL does it. Every other
0: and major, major sport, I believe, does it. Well,
1: no. Well, then it would be. It would be even yes, more tanking. It's, it's, that's the problem, though. I mean, I don't agree with the tanking, but these guys do go out and they play ball every night. It's not like they're. I'm not, blaming, blown the out I'm blaming, the I'm not blaming the players. I'm blaming the organization. Not blaming the players. or 60 points a night. No, no I mean,
0: it, again, yeah, it's I'm not the blaming the players. Blaming the organization and the owners, the and the team who don't try to put a competitive put it, team on the on the court, knowing that. It's in the NBA. It's more of a quick fix than any other sport. You can get one or two superstars, and you can be a really, really good team. in but that's the problem. All your these fingers.
1: superstars. My my problem with with LeBron and LeBron is probably in my mind the best player in the game right now. I mean, yes, Steph Curry is ridiculously good. So it's a toss up. But LeBron has done it for longer. At that level, um, so I, I'm giving him the edge. But the thing that bothers me is that these guys get together with their buddies and say, "Hey, all right, where do you guys want to go? Where, where do you want to play?" Oh yeah, I hate that. You, you feel like you feel like skiing? All right, fuck it, we're going to Utah. We're going to play on the Jazz this year and for the next couple of <laughs> years, and we're going to try to bring them a championship. Fuck it, Carmelo, come on out, come on back out of retirement. You too, Stock, and bring your short shorts. Let's do this. I mean, yeah, no,
0: I, it, I know. I agree that, with you. I hate that's
1: what the NBA has come to, and no one, no one wants to come to Philly and be like, hey, let's let's hole up in Philly and and make that our next great team. But they're they're tied. I think they said they were tied for third or between three teams,
2: think like Milwaukee
1: and maybe Minnesota uh, as the the three youngest teams in the league. So you know that's that says something, and it's not necessarily for tanking. It's just, you know, they go out, they play. But, yeah, the, the GM needs to get to a point where it's like, okay, when are we going to actually start to build with veterans? That's what they need. They need veterans on that team that can reel these young guys in, teach them a few things, and get them thinking in the mindset, hey, you know what, we're going to go out, we're going to play hard, and we're gonna we're gonna lose a couple games here and there or a lot of games, but we're gonna play, and then the next year we're gonna get better, and we're gonna get better and get better, maybe not next year, but you know the next game we're gonna get better, we're gonna learn something, and then we're gonna take it, and we're gonna start winning. That's what they need, and that's not what they have right now so you know i don't I don't know who they're gonna take in this draft. Um, like I said, it's probably looking like Simmons. He seems to be the main number one pick consensus overall. Uh, if not, it could be Ingram, but they keep stockpiling all these big guys. They need guards that can shoot the ball. So they should hopefully go out and get one of them or, or trade this pick and get two more, you know, like some of the mock drafts I've seen that had a picking back to back and getting, uh, Murray, uh, from, from Kentucky and, uh, I think Kevin Dunn is his name uh, from Providence. Build your backcourt. You need shooters. So, all right, that's all I got on the
0: Just Ran over. <laughs> yeah, the NBA the NBA's flawed, man, with the whole the whole system there. I'm not sure what they can do to fix it. There's a lot of holes. Like you fix one thing, but it's just going to lead to another. So, I don't know. It's yeah, it's it's bad. Anyway, so finish up here with with your favorite segment. Um we'll answer some Twitter questions. So two quick ones. Drop Javier Baez or Zach Kozart. I'm gonna go ahead and
1: say yes. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. I I would I would do it.
0: Yeah, only because Baez doesn't play every day and you know you you're just praying that he hits you a home run or something in the three days he plays in in a week the second question I got which I actually just got right before the show was in a dynasty league would you trade Dallas Keuchel for Gosman and a future pick which would be third round in the 2017 <laughs> pick number 30 overall um Ooh. that's a tough animals. one man yeah, see, like I'm assuming in a dynasty, so in a dynasty you're keeping Gausman, you're keeping Keiko, like in Goss- you know, we're both in dynasty leagues. You keep the majority of the roster. So I'm guessing third round could be, you know, you're getting, you know, really deep bench players, or it's just rookies. I- I'm not sure what that means.
1: Well, yeah, number thirty overall is it the thirtieth pick after? You know, each team keeps 10 guys, each team keeps 20 guys, or like my league, each team keeps 20 yeah. guys. It's, it's so, hard to I say. Mean, there, there was surprisingly some decent talent out there in my 10-round draft, but um, it, it really depends on that number, you know, where that draft pick is. But I, I'm not necessarily against it. It's going against can stay me. healthy. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, I just got offered Dallas Keichel for uh, 100 pence. And it's the, the, the guy who only drafts pitchers for his first six or seven picks in that league. And, you know, he thought he was going to pull a fast one on everybody again, you know, returning champion, whatever. And I told him flat out, no, you're out of your mind. Keuchel is nowhere near – the point outputs are 59 for Keuchel to 191 for Pence because we upped our batting. But I, I wouldn't even do that. And there wasn't really any pitchers on his team. I mean, he's got Bungarner, and he wouldn't give him up. So I, I probably would do it. I mean, I, I think I, I do like Keuchel a lot. I, I still like him a lot coming into this year. He's got to get some stuff figured out, though. I, I don't know why. He's pitching better tonight, so although he steep. just allowed
0: three runs. So, um, but he was pitching better. My yeah. My answer to this, and I actually already answered him on Twitter, is if you're playing for this year, if you think you have a chance this year, I'm keeping Keichel because I think Keigel's is going to turn it around. If you yeah. think you don't stand a chance to win it this year, make the move because Gosman's young. I think he's got potential and that future pick could be very valuable. That's, that's my feeling. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think it definitely could
1: be if you're kind of still in rebuild mode or build mode really for your dynasty team. I like it more as a future look ahead pick. But yeah, I mean, if you're trying to win now, hmm, I think you, I think you're good going after it and and seeing if you can turn it around. I mean, obviously like I said, he's three runs, but still probably a quality start tonight at least. So, um, He's only five innings. Uh, well, we'll see. no, he's got. Yeah, he's got to get through the bottom of the sixth here. Just uh, and Rodon, just let another run up. Uh, but yeah, they had tonight. Oh, uh, Rodon. Yeah, in my dynasty. Yeah, uh, he's doing okay,
0: but he just. Let, well it's the second earned run, third run of the game. I guess one was off an error. But all right, well that's all we've got for the night. Um, you got anything else to say? Bye, man. I'm good. All right. Well, we will uh, see you all next week. Same time, same channel. All
1: right. Night.